This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the Blank Podcast, podcast where we delve into those frustrating moments with some well-known people. I am Jim Daly and joining me, of course, it's Mr. Giles Paley-Phillips. How are you? Of course. I'm good. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, and, and we're, we're back after our spring break. How was your break? Very nice, thank you. Yeah, it was good to have some time off and the weather's been very, very idyllic um, down good. here in sunny Sussex. Actually, it's been raining today, but the sun's coming out now. Um, yeah, it's been really good. And obviously, half um, Easter break with the children. So we did lots of family stuff, which was nice. How about you? Did you Were you busy? You were working, weren't you? Uh, yeah, working mostly. Yeah, pretty much the life of a freelancer. I mean, <laughs> yeah. We've been very busy pod-wise, though, haven't we? Because um, we're very excited to announce that we've been nominated for a British Podcast Award. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, isn't it? Really, when you look at look at some of the names we're up against, I I can't really believe that we've been nominated. It's uh, it's kind of surreal, really. It's very surreal, and um, I mean, obviously, we've not been going very long, and it's just you and I and your equipment, and we kind of rock up with these amazing people and talk to them for an hour, and we've yeah, and it, it's got this recognition, and it's um, yeah, I'm really humbled by it all, really. Yeah, me too. Me too, and uh, just delighted. I've never, I've never been nominated for anything, I don't think, or certainly not won anything. So this is kind of new territory for me. I don't even think I own a tux, <laughs> so I don't know what I'm going to wear on the on the. Night. But um, yeah, I'm I'm really really pleased because uh, we put a, you know, like you say, it's just you and me doing this, and um, almost like a grassroots podcast. And uh, I feel very lucky to talk to these people, and then feel very lucky to be nominated. So yeah, feeling very uh, very hashtag blessed. Yeah, <laughs> very hashtag blessed. Yes, indeed. Yeah, it's, it's just so nice and uh, it's just so lovely to get, you know, awards aren't 
you know, the main thing is, is people listening, but you know, it's always nice to be recognized for what you do. And, um, so yeah, big thanks to, to all the judges. Cause there's a big panel of judges that nominate all the podcasts. And like you say, very nice to be in with so many great, great shows. And it's going to be a great evening in May. Um, you know, and it's the taking part. I know it's nice to win these things, but it is really nice to just be in amongst so many great shows. Yeah, very much so. And speaking of a great show, I mean, we've got a a great one to come back with today because we've got a wonderful guest. It's Susanna Fielding. Fantastic Susanna Fielding, who's been, I guess, most notoriety recently with this time with Alan Partridge, which has been a massive hit um, and a return uh, to television for Alan Partridge. Yeah, and she's so good in that as well. Such a perfect foil for uh, Steve Coogan and it works absolutely brilliantly it's a great show and you know she talks about the partridge brand in this and being a part of it and obviously it's a very well respected and loved one but she does it amazing justice as well which 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 is which is brilliant um, and also you know there is a slight reveal later on that that Susanna and I were in the same tv program a couple of years ago as well so, oh yeah. yes yes that was a real claim to fame <laughs> for you and her. <laughs> in many ways, yeah. In many, I'm yeah. Like my career peaked, I think. Um. <laughs> no, it's only just starting to head up the mountain. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, well, look, shall we dive straight into it? Because there's a lot to talk about on this pod. And it's, it's, I think it's one of my favourites as well. It's su- it such a good... Oh, it was so good. And, and Suzanne was so lovely. And uh, there was a, you know, there was a few emotional moments as well um, when yeah. she was talking about you know, first starting out, and um, yeah, it was a it was a really really lovely hour spent with a lovely person. It was indeed. So let's dive straight in. This is Susanna Fielding on the Blank Podcast. full of boxes yeah. or i'm like you so, it really gets to my head but i think actually like from a go straight into the podcast <laughs> from a creative point of view i need that actually like yeah. i need that calm because most of my working life is so crazy i'm talking to giles earlier like i'm so busy at the moment and i'm still broke i'm like chasing chasing invoices right. trying to do work and stuff i need that other side of my life my home life just to be <gasps> Calm, you're calm so space. With you. so calm with space you, yeah, crazy. yeah, because it's chaos. Our lives as freelancers is yeah. tr- mm. truly chaos, isn't yeah. it? So I, I had a while where I was living out of suitcases and living between here and LA, and I really sort of started to lose my mind, if I'm honest, because I just didn't have that sense of like, this is my space. I'm staying with people, and you know, oh, you can, well, couches. Yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. Like staying with in-laws and friends, yeah. and so generous of them. But yeah, you need yeah. your. You need your space, Definitely. don't you? Yeah. Do you ever do you ever write from home or do anything write work at home and stuff? I do work at home a bit in the like the way that you would, you know, writing invoices, learning lines, that kind of stuff. But um I I'm I've started doing a little bit of writing, but I'm not I'm not thinking it's my I don't think it's my main talent. I like other people's words. It's good to try, good to try <laughs> yeah, though. Do you yeah. not have a, a sort of a yearning to write more or Because um, we've had quite a few actors on this podcast that have started writing generating their own work yeah yeah it's definitely the way forward i have started writing a script and i have got some ideas but i i actually would like to um like do a tv show or a radio show that's 
real, like interviewing people. That's okay. what I, that's what I would really like to do. Yeah. What's that journalistic kind of? Yeah, more journalistic, exactly. Yeah. Basically like this time, but real. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and with slightly maybe more interesting not, subjects. Yeah. <laughs> not vegetarianism and gambling or yeah. whatever. I'm whatever. Like they're just falling apart. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, something a little bit more chill. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So you you grew up in Portsmouth. I did. I, I know Portsmouth a little bit. Do you? My wife spent six months living there, and my sister-in-law lived there for a while. She lived in North End. Ah, oh, yeah, I know it well. Yeah, 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 and then my best friend Dave, who's my oldest friend from school, he lived in South Sea. Ah, okay. Uh, for yeah. many years. So I can't, although, having said that, he the first when he moved down, he'd been down there about a couple of months, he wrote me a really long email <laughs> and said, um, basically said, don't visit me. Come and get me. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. He said, don't visit. I'm here for the duration. Huh? He's doing a nursing degree. <gasps> right. Um, but I don't feel like you should be inflicted. <laughs> like with, really? With yeah, seriously. Yeah. And well, I went to of, Southampton. So oh, oh, did okay, you? Oh, fun. okay. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, you can't. Okay. Right, so where be. were you in Portsmouth then? So I was um, in a place, I grew up in a place called Haven't, and, oh, yeah, uh, which yeah. is just down the road, which um, is kind of used to be quite a pretty little market town. Um, and there's some good things about it but um yeah <laughs> uh yeah it's it doesn't have a lot of uh, culture unfortunately no. there's not lots of theater there's not lots of opportunities for so i always get very excited if i meet someone who's got a creative job who's from where i'm from oh, okay. because you very rarely meet those people so mark wooten is one of them um, yeah, yeah. amazing actor he's from that part of the world um and there's another actress i know but you you you, you really feel a lot of solidarity <laughs> if you've made it out and you've got into something creative but um it's all down to my mum really she's kind so of she, yeah, so she's a creative influence yeah and she's kind of always very much gave me the belief that you can do anything you want to if your horizons are big enough and yeah. if you don't ask you don't get and if you don't give it a go you'll never know um, so I think I was lucky and I was taken up to London on the train and shown that there's lots out there uh, yeah. there's a there's a sorry to go off topic but whenever <laughs> anyone mentions Portsmouth there's an amazing urban myth I really me. hope it's true. But there was a guy that cycled around the world, starting in London or something, all around the world on boat, long boats, you know, crossing the Atlantic Ocean and stuff. And his final resting place was Portsmouth, and he came to Portsmouth. And everyone's like, "Oh, he's made it! Yeah, brilliant!" And within five minutes, his bike was stolen. <gasps> no! Oh my God, that's I an really amazing that's story. I don't know if that's true or not, but I really <gasps> hope that's true. That is an amazing. <laughs> that's always my overriding memory of Portsmouth. It's probably really unfair. Wow! Oh my God, I love that. I love that. It's. I mean, there's some pretty rough bits of it. There's no. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Poor old Portsmouth. I do, sorry to our Portsmouth. Sorry, sorry Portsmouth, because <laughs> yeah. I do love you, and I do still have a little bit of a Pompey accent where, where it comes out, and people. It, but it's quite an unusual accent, yeah. actually. It's sort of a little bit of Dorset, a little bit of yeah. London, sort of mixed, and so it's not a very well-known sound. But I can always spot it um, if I hear it in someone else. But I, yeah, it's still in there. I'm I still would, with yeah. you, Pompey. Yeah, <laughs> I would say I, I could know what a Pom Portsmouth accent was. No, it's hard to. It's quite hard to define. But um, and and there's a there's an amazing like Hampshire accent as well. That's like this kind of. I've I've, I've actually recorded this guy that did the roofing at my mum's house because <laughs> I was just. He walked into the room and I was just like, oh my god, this this accent will die out. It's, yeah, yeah. It's got this amazing, um, amazing kind of tune to it that it doesn't exist anywhere else. So there's lots of. It, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, because you don't pick up your own accents. I don't really necessarily think there's much of a Sussex album from Sussex. Oh, yeah. Whereabouts? Uh, Seaford, which is a little town on the coast yeah. in between Eastbourne and Brighton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
all I can really pick out is that we, I drop my T's, and I don't know if that's a me as well. Thing. Yeah, but I'm from North Kent. Yeah, yeah, so. the counties. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, maybe it is a sort of like you know, it just makes me. I think because I've got quite a posh name, I quite like the fact that I talk a bit. <laughs> Right, 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 yeah, yeah, Sometimes, exactly. It's yeah. a good combination. Yeah. I never thought of you with a posh name. But... Oh, come on. You do have, you have yeah, posh yeah, name, don't you? Yeah. Oh, no. Really yeah, it's posh. Always been, it's always held me back. <laughs> we can yeah. change it. Yeah, yeah, it Let's brainstorm. GPP, I'm going to call you. Yeah. More, more Just GP, I think. Yeah, yeah, GP. Some sort of gangster vibe about that. I like it. GP. So... So yeah, obviously, and you went to boarding school, right? So I've done some. Done so some research. you've done lots of research, yeah. haven't you? I've been to lots of schools actually. I um, went to uh, state schools and then went to a very, very rough state school uh, for my GCSEs, and I was not doing any work. Um, so I got taken out of there, and I went okay. to an amazing, um, amazing school called Christ's Hospital, which is a boarding school, but it's means tested. It's in uh, West Sussex, um, and. It's been around since, I think, something like 1553. It's really old. It used to exist in the City of London, and it was for children who were orphaned, really, or from broken yeah, homes. Yeah. And um, so 40% of the kids that go there pay nothing at all, and the rest is all means-tested, yeah. so you pay according to what your parents earn. So I think I, I, I was given an education for free um, to be at a school where they had an amazing theatre and yeah. an amazing art school, and I did get some decent grades but what it really gave me was the opportunity to do some plays and realize oh I like this and then at some point uh, one of the drama teachers said have you ever thought about going to drama school and I said well what's that (laughs) and I didn't know anything I didn't know any actors I'd been to the theater a few times and loved it done a little bit of youth theater but Mm. didn't know anything so it was that school that gave me an education that allowed me to think that I could maybe do this for a living. But the joke is always that I'm still not sure you can really do this for a living. Um, but but yeah, I, I'm yeah. trying my best. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. That. Was, so with that, at, that boarding school, was, do you think that was where the, the spark first hit for doing the I think the so, yeah. I always loved it and I always spent lots of time as a kid kind of doing accents and um, insisting people video me doing things. I was always doing these horrific shows where I would um, put together a compilation of scenes or a Postman Pat rap. Um, that was oh, one of yes. my shows. And I would lock people out of the house and they had to pay to be allowed <laughs> back in. And that was their ticket to come and see my show. Like, there was no, there was no choice in the Amazing. matter. I was horrific, I think. I really, <laughs> I really want to hear the Postman Pat rap. <laughs> I know, it's got to be it's got to be somewhere. I believe it is videoed somewhere in the early days of the... Of, uh, video cameras so yeah I was um there was something back there in the uh, in the past but yeah it was at uh, Christ Hospital that a teacher said you know showed me these brochures of drama schools and I just didn't even know they existed so I'm really fortunate and that what, what, what do you think you would have done had you not had that insight from that teacher? um I'd always loved uh, animals and art I think I might have ended up going into like design or something like that and I still love designing my my house I'm hugely into like painting rooms and wallpapering and things like that so I love all of that Um, or I might have worked with animals in some capacity because animals do make me very happy and calm um, so yeah, this industry is lovely, but it's not very calming. <laughs> no, no, yeah, <laughs> the opposite of that. It's amazing how many people we have on this podcast who can almost go back to one 
teacher or one influence in their life. Yeah. There's so many actors in this podcast that have said there was this brilliant teacher, brilliant drama teacher, whatever, yeah, mentor, who so gave, or yeah. almost a mentor, gave me the confidence to do that. And it sounds like you had the same thing. Yeah, I definitely did. I had a teacher called Jackie Miles, and I remember her very, very well. And it was her that, you know, I think saw something in me. So it just shows you, doesn't it, how important those people are. Yeah. And whether you end up acting as a professional, going into teaching drama, whatever it is, or mentoring, whatever it is you do within the profession, you, you, you have the ability to change people's lives yeah. and, and open their minds to their own capabilities. So, yeah, thanks, Jackie Miles. <laughs> I think people forget are. how much influence they can have sometimes over people. Yeah. Even in the smallest way, maybe, sometimes. But you, yeah. can, you really can impact people's lives. I work at um, Guildhall, um, like on the panel now, um, auditioning people to come to the, went, to the drama yeah. school that I went to, yeah. And, um, you know, it, it's amazing how all the different stories of how people have ended up there. But, um, but I love the fact that you kind of get to see people at that really early stage and, and maybe give them a bit of confidence yeah. or a couple of pointers that will allow them to then go on and, and kind of fulfil something that's already in them. It's, yeah, it's exciting. Confidence, though, that's the... That's the commodity, isn't it? That we're all trying to find, Absolutely. even now. Like it's just. I mean, most we're all faking it, really, aren't we? Totally, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. <laughs> even now, even, even right now. now. <laughs> no, actually, this is one of my relaxed time. I think, but yeah, we are. I think anything creative, you are faking it, aren't you? Yeah, and your confidence, you know, waxes and wanes according to what's going on and and uh, who you're working with mm. and um, how busy you are, and and you can feel high as a kite one minute and then you know completely forgotten about and useless the next so i suppose the the stat it's about the stamina of um, just keeping going even in those moments where you think you've you've messed it all up and and i think all actors feel that at times yeah. that's hard though isn't it like i totally agree keeping going i think is the only thing that has literally kept me going in terms of my creativity yeah but it is really hard in those moments where you've just you take a sort of knock it's not even like a drain of confidence like a little knock to the confidence you're like oh I sometimes feel like I'm like running, running, running a marathon and then I just hit into these walls and then you kind of like crumple back down and then you have to get up and start knocking on doors again and and then start running again. It's it's not a linear thing like most careers, is it? It's... uh, you know, and you, I often kind of go, but hang on, I took that exam and I got an A star. Yeah, Why have yeah. I got to take it again? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah. you know, it's not like being... And how are you at knocking on doors? Are you, are you good at that? I am good at knocking on doors. And I, that is something my mum taught me as well. Like, get out there. If you don't ask, you don't get, like yeah. I said. And so I do, I write, I write to people. I send emails. I, um, I'm quite proactive. And I think more and more the industry does require you to be like that I think it's Mm. you're sort of you're running your own business really and you are your product so much as it would be really nice to just sort of wait for the phone to ring and and um and not have to do that and and you you I think you do have to really kind of put yourself out there and and it's about just being in people's minds it's so much about right time right place yeah um, and if you send that postcard and it lands on someone's desk at that moment, yeah. they're thinking, "Oh, hang on, we need this." Yeah, yeah. You're going to be the first person in their mind. So I do believe in in that and keeping in touch with people you've worked with, and um, yeah, and of course trying to create your own work as well. Um, but yeah, it's important all of that these days, definitely. But do you get you don't really get that lesson as such. Mm. When you're doing no, drama oh, school, no, you're learning no. the craft, yeah. but you're not learning the business. Yeah, you're such. really, really not. And I'm, I'm a mentor now for 
the third years at Guildhall. Mm. I have two students and they're I've been really lucky, they're all brilliant. Um, but yeah, there's suddenly an expectation that it's not all going to be handed to you and you've got to start writing to people and inviting people and knowing how to manage interviews and meetings yeah. and yeah. when to email back and when to wait and um, it, you learn it and I, I think... Um, yeah, it's, it's certainly not something that's taught and you do have to be pushed out of the nest at some point, yeah, I guess, yeah. and, and, and start working it out and ultimately, of course, make loads of mistakes and, uh, you know, get, get it wrong. But, yeah. I guess there's no substitute for being proactive and, and doing it, but it's hard. Like, I've been waiting to email some certain people because I wanted to get an update showreel. Right. And I haven't actually done the showreel yet because yeah. I can't find the right pieces for it and actually sitting down to do it feels overwhelming yes so I'm like I can't I don't know what bits to do I'm just not going to do it that's been six months yeah and I still and I think I could have lost some work by literally just not contacting people yeah could have done it without the showreel maybe I don't know but it's just it's difficult sometimes yeah like, so it's a bit yourself. of a catch 22 sometimes this industry isn't it because you're waiting for one bit of something that you need yeah. before you can do the next yeah. bit but you can't do the next bit before, you know so um, what would you advice for moments like that then because you seem quite good at that kind of thing um well i normally ask advice from people i think because you never know who you're going to speak to who's going to be like for example i know an amazing company that do showreels and you can just send all your material and they'll pick it all for you and put it together <laughs> there you go, oh, actually, <laughs> might, I might ask you for them off They're there, very bespoke yeah. reels. Can I please have my next show reel for free? <laughs> uh, this is from free advertising um, just for bespoke reels. Um, but they are absolutely brilliant. So, yeah, asking advice and talking to people. I mean, that is one great thing about being an actor in London is there's a real community here. So yeah. if there's something you're confused about or you're stuck about or you're feeling like you can't move forward with, there's always someone who's had a similar experience who can go, well, have you thought about this? Yeah. Yeah. I think sort of, share, sort of, a problem shared yeah. is a problem halved. Yeah, mm. sort of solidarity. Yeah, but if in doubt, if in doubt, um, just pick up the phone, I guess. Yeah. And and, and put yourself out there because you never know. Yeah, well, you have to. Yeah. You have to put yourself out there. Yeah. So, what was the first thing you did after drama school? What was the first well, I was, proper job? I was really, really lucky at the beginning of my third year. Um, when I, sort of, I went on a trip to Thailand. Um, over the Christmas holidays and I did some travelling um, with a friend and I got really, really bad food poisoning. Um, this doesn't oh. sound lucky at the moment, but it <laughs> is lucky. Going, yeah. it, it, yeah. Exactly. You never know what yeah, awful yeah. experience is going to end up being a positive. I got really bad food poisoning. I lost a lot of weight and I had an extremely gorgeous tan from Thailand. And I arrived back at Heathrow Airport and had a call from an agent who'd been kind of courting me, um, saying they want to see someone to play a 15-year-old girl from Italy, um, an Italian 15-year-old girl, um, and they'd like to see you like in two days' time. And it was at the National for the Olivier. And so what they needed was someone who could handle that big space and I'd obviously just been training so I could do that but who looked incredibly young and very Italian <laughs> so I waltzed in there you know about two and a half stone with an amazing tan and um, it was Tennessee Williams one of my favourite writers and uh, Stephen Pimlott uh, auditioned me um, along with Wendy Spawn um, both of whom I'm hugely grateful to for giving me the opportunity anyway I got the part and I left Guildhall two weeks later wow right. so yeah and then oh, I'm emotional sorry no, it's all right. <laughs> um, yeah it's all down to people giving you a chance and being in the right place Definitely. at the right time 
And so, yeah, I um, had an amazing run. I did four shows at the National straight out of drama school and they, the uh, teachers at Guildhall let me go and then they came and um, marked those those shows as my final year pieces for my degree. So um, they came and watched, yeah, watched. And I had been working as an usher at the National for three years before that, uh, selling ice creams. And I used to go and sit in the back of the stalls at the Olivier going, oh, wow. if one day I could be up there, that would be that would be my dream come true. And so I was so, so fortunate that that happened much quicker than I thought it ever would. That's amazing. That yeah. almost sounds like a movie in itself. Yeah, I know, it? it really yeah. does. That moment, and then it happened. Yeah, and then it happened, and there I was up there. Um, I think I was, yeah, 20, 21. Um, yeah, my mum came to see almost every show of uh, <laughs> the whole run, and um, Zoe Wanamaker was my mum in it so I got to wow. watch so, some, yeah. Wow. Yeah, some yeah. real pros right from the off Daryl De Silva, Zoe Wanamaker and these amazing theatre actors and I got to learn so much just from those four shows so yeah very fortunate that's amazing mm. it's funny how those moments happen isn't it it's almost like sort of serendipity yeah in a way well I'm, I'm starting to wonder if you do man if manifestation is a thing I don't know mm. the things that you think about and dream about do sometimes they come true um, yeah I think if you're putting that I've talked to my wife about this quite a lot if you're putting that kind of energy out there yeah. in the world it's, nothing's guaranteed but like if you're sort of putting a positive energy out there and you we do this thing sometimes where we say at the end of each year we say what we want for the next year oh. and we like say it out loud yeah and if you said it then like it's out there can't take it back can't take it back you can't take it back but it's out there kind yeah. of a thing and then obviously you know, nothing's guaranteed but then it feels like maybe the universe might hear you exactly kind of. and you still have to do the work you absolutely know. you've still got to do what you yeah. can do yeah. but but there's some yeah some things have happened in my life where I've thought like there was a time when I was a kid this is totally off off subject but where my mum and I really really needed we were living in a one bedroom flat and I was like nearly 14 by this stage so we really needed a bigger place to live and my mum had found this house um, but we were about like 14 grand short of being able to afford it and it meant we could both have our own bedroom and um, we were struggling to find a way and a cheque arrived in the post for my granny for um, something that she'd not been expecting and it was for 14 grand Wow! and she gave it to us and we got the house. So, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's probably the first moment I remember thinking, hmm, maybe there is more there's, to life yeah, than yeah, we're all aware. Stuff going. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was you almost still, exactly. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, it is weird like that. Yeah. You still have to. I'm still not. I mean, this could, this podcast could go in a very different direction. Yes. Still not quite sure how I what I believe about all that kind of stuff. But I think if you are a positive person and you put positive energy out there, mm. stuff does happen for you yeah in a way i guess yeah that's as scientific as i can get or as <laughs> yeah, spiritual yeah. as i can get there but yeah. well i'd like to think this podcast wouldn't have happened with, without positivity and nicely right. connecting with bringing people. it back on brand yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is blank podcast blank that yeah. Is yeah. we are available for advertising <laughs> no, but it's true though i mean i think I, I, I agree that most of the stuff i've done in life has been through you know working hard yeah but, but actually making connections with people yeah um and you know being yeah like you say putting positive vibes out yeah yeah totally yeah and imagining that you can do things yeah, yeah. 
really think that's if well, you can give anything to your children or people who you're yeah. mentoring I really think that's the thing is giving them the confidence to believe that they really can do anything if yeah if they put their mind I know it. a lot of sports stars use sort of visualisation techniques where they mm. like, like Wade Rudy does it where he literally looks at a goal and says I'm going to score a goal today and he imagines himself scoring a goal really and I, I, don't, I, I sort of sometimes think of that we just see myself match. on stage and stuff I think so yeah I don't know if he has to go to the stadium the day before and like <laughs> look at the goal that's what it looks like okay cool <laughs> check it still there Can you oh the, the nets aren't up yeah. for god's sake but I sometimes like imagine myself on stage like telling jokes and stuff or mm. I don't know I, I, also I don't why know. not do you know what I mean yeah. like why not take that well, perspective exactly. rather than the alternative it's okay yeah. to dream sometimes yeah. yeah there's a bit of a thing about like not you know people not being dreamers and like yeah. suppressing the dreams because you know it might not happen yeah or it won't happen yeah and absolutely, so maybe it's a creative you, know, you know three creative people here around the table maybe it's more we're more susceptible to that kind of thing because we're creative maybe. people we've got these ridiculously of, huge <laughs> imaginations yeah, exactly. that have got us into all sorts of trouble <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly and maybe it's slightly a British thing as well isn't it because we don't want to be seen to be kind of bigging ourselves yeah, up exactly. or yeah. whereas in America they're much more like yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I can do it like, yeah. I'm gonna, everything's going to be awesome <laughs> um, yeah. sometimes it is but yeah I quite often ask that question in um interviews at Guildhall you know if you could wave a magic wand and say in five years you could be working with your ideal director and your ideal show working with you know your dream cast what would it be and um people find that question quite hard yeah and actually yeah. it's it's a good one to practice I yeah. think yeah Definitely. you never know it happened to me Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you did theatre for quite a few years, did you? Yeah, mainly theatre, bits of telly and bits of film, um, but yeah, mainly theatre, which is really what I wanted to do. I wanted to work at the RSC and and um, and the National, and and I was lucky enough, for, you know, to be able to do that. And um, um, so yeah, and then bits of comedy started to come in, really, okay. and that's where I kind of was able to, um, you know, get get on the telly. Um, and then since then the comedy's kind of grown a bit more and, and the theatres, you know, I haven't done as much theatre recently but I'm hoping to do a play again soon because it's really important to keep doing it otherwise yeah, you, get, yeah. you get rusty. You, yeah. get, you stop knowing which way stage left and stage right. I mean, I don't know my right from my left anyway as it is <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I need, I need to get back into And the is theater. it also because of that sort of more visceral experience because you've got the audience there and it's live and it's like now? Yeah, and also it's just... For me, what I love is I love rehearsing. I love being in a rehearsal room and dissecting a text and playing. It's a, you know, we're really lucky. We get to play, really. Mm. Um, and there's, a, there's pressure, obviously. You know, you've got to stand in front of a few, you know, a few hundred people at the end of it. But, um, and the cast. I just think actors on the whole are just the best people to hang out with. And you get that feeling of a family that you see yeah, each yeah. other every day. And there's routine, which is nice. Um, and as an actor, you know, you don't ha often have a lot of routine. Yeah. So it is really wonderful mm. to be able to know, like, this is what I do every night and I'm going to be doing it for five months or whatever. And I'm going to see these wonderful people and create a real set bond with them all. Yeah. Um, so Yeah, we've had other actors say that, yeah. that, that the family atmosphere that's created yeah. in a theatre troupe and now that is such a special experience. It yeah. is. You don't really get it with filming because no. you kind of 
I mean, I did actually with, you know, with the thing with Steve because it was him and I every day for six weeks. Sure, yeah, but yeah. very often you're coming in for an afternoon here or a day there and sometimes you don't even meet the person that's playing your husband. I yeah, mean, it's yeah, like really, yeah. <laughs> really kind of dissociated. Um, but yeah, theatre is wonderful for that. And I love the live aspect. I, you never know what's going to happen. I love it when stuff goes wrong. Um, well, I, yeah, well, seeing as it's a blank moment. Oh, there you yeah, go. yeah, yeah. Have you had blank moments on stage? I have, yeah. Oh. I've had I've had a few. Um, mainly, well, the, the one that really sticks in my mind is I did um, Portia at the RSC in The Merchant of Venice, and Rupert Gould directed it. Um, and it, it ended up coming to the Armada a few years later and, and was quite a kind of, you know, quite an out there production as Rupert's stuff often is and uh, we set it in Las Vegas Um, Patrick Stewart was um, Shylock and I played Portia as a kind of almost like Paris Hilton type Dolly Parton type um, blonde American prize but also the presenter of a game show so there's three boxes in the Merchant of Venice where these suitors come and they have to pick the right box and if they pick the right box they get to marry her so we set it as a sort of like reality game show where they had to come on and there were TV screens all around and obviously it was a completely different production to something anyone had ever seen especially the RSC (laughs) Um, so I had to come up on this lift up through the stage with a blonde wig a pink rara skirt and you know false eyelashes stilettos the works um and the night after press night i think i was so exhausted i came up on this lift looked out to 1500 people or however many people are in the swan and i couldn't remember a single oh. word and I was also in this like outfit that so I was so exposed and so kind of everyone was just like shock horror looking at me and then I couldn't remember the lines and I remember just sort of making a few kind of noises and then thankfully the actress next to me kind of skipped to her line but I was standing there for a good sort of 20-30 seconds with just nothing waiting for the just yeah yeah and uh, it's never really happened since but I think it was probably the pressure of yeah, something yeah. like that, and I was pr- I was quite young. I was still at, like I think it was like twenty. Oh, and you're working with Patrick Stewart, and yeah. Patrick Stewart, and it's yeah. You know, and, you know, yeah. I think my brain was just so saturated, yeah. and I was so tired. But yeah, and then we we got into it, and off we went again. And, but I've been on stage with other actors when it's happened, and they, there's this look that they look you in the eye, and it's just this utter panic. Mm. Um, but the time it happened to me, it was supposed to be a speech where this actor was supposed to be imparting this piece of information <coughs> that no one else on stage knew. So there was no way that any of us could go, do you mean, yeah. are you about to say, yeah, yeah. aha? And I can't remember how we got out of it now, but um, but yeah, it's always moments like that where the pressure's on you. Yeah, yeah. It's never in those moments where it's like, fine, because we can just carry on. It's always, that's where yeah. you see that deer Did in the headlights. Did you think about it the next time you went up? Oh yeah, I was really yeah. Scared. I, I was, it was very yeah, stressful okay, okay, for okay, quite okay, a long okay. time. Yeah, going up in that lift. <laughs> first line, first line. First line, first line. <laughs> but you know, you know it. You know it. Yeah, and yeah. it can happen as well. Like much, much later on in a run, when you know it so well, yeah. then you start to second guess yourself. And yeah. um, I've been on in long runs where people have forgotten their lines, and you're like, "But we've been doing this for six months." Yeah, and and, and, and myself too. So it's it's strange how the brain works, but. 
there's also like your brain after a while your brain can be doing like 15 different things at once you can be thinking yeah. about what you had gonna have for your dinner yeah. as well as saying your speech as well as knowing that the actor next to you has forgotten his prop as well as seeing oh hang on that's my mate's friend yeah. in the audience yeah. you know, and <laughs> all at the same time yeah. um so uh yeah not that i think about what i'm about to have for dinner on stage i'm very, I'm very, <laughs> very professional. well i think because you've got quite an organized because you like organized things you organize yeah mind it's interesting to hear that you're saying that you are flitting off everywhere. Oh, yeah. And actually, there's a disorganisation in there, you know. Oh, yeah, it's all chaos in yeah. here. Which is why we, we were saying my, my house has to be very, very tidy. Uh, otherwise, it's all too much. But I guess as well, in that moment of panic where you can't remember it, you're at the mercy of your fellow actors. You're ha- waiting for them to help you out. And Absolutely. that's where that family thing, connection comes in. Absolutely, exactly. You have to rely on each other. And that is a wonderful feeling, actually, knowing that there's a bunch of people there and we've all got each other's backs, whatever happens. And and again, most actors are really extraordinary at that. They they are generous people, definitely. And certainly the training I received at Guildhall is all based on the idea of ensemble and uh, looking out for each other. It's like a trust fall, isn't it? Yes. Like falling backwards and be like, I really hope they're there. Exactly right. <laughs> I really hope I they really are there. I really hope they're there, yeah, yeah. yeah. Otherwise it's going to hurt. Yeah, and the crew and, and the director and everyone, really. I suppose you all pull in the same direction, aren't you? You all want to put on a yeah. good show. You don't want it to be ruined by anybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you all want it to be really good. Yeah. The best it can be. Yeah, so, except yeah. it is quite exciting, like six months into a run when like the revolve breaks or something <laughs> yeah, happens yeah. and you have okay. to completely improvise the yeah. whole thing. Improv- Improvising is fun though. Oh, so fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Although that is the, the one, the thing about doing stand up, which again, I haven't done for a long time, I need to get back to doing it, is y- y- there's no one else up there with you. So when it goes wrong, I've, I've forgotten my line so many times. And you, I've just had to go like, well, I've forgotten my joke. And you have to just embrace it and tell yeah. the audience and then improvise for a bit and see what happens and hope you get back on track or hope that you've got a really interesting audience member. Who's going to say something. Who's going to say something. Yeah. Or th- I think sometimes if you're just vulnerable in that moment and you just say, I've screwed up. I've forgotten my lines. People quite, but this is me. I think people relate to that. Yeah. I guess maybe the same for acting they as well. They quite like it. I mean, I'm props to you. I could never, <laughs> ever do that. I think it's too, it must be terrifying. It, when it goes wrong. Yeah. When it goes great, it's the best thing in the best world. Best feeling yeah, in the world. Because yeah. you know it's But the same thing as being on stage for you. Like, you, you can almost feel the audience in the palm of your hand. And yeah. it's just... You've got this amazing connection. Yeah. With... 100 people 1000 people however many yeah, it's, it's intoxicating isn't it it is I think and that's the drug that keeps yeah. us all going isn't it in the in the times where it's barren you kind of yeah it's that that, that buzz and that feeling of I did um, both stratagem at, at the National a few years ago with the, the amazing Simon Godwin who I think is one of the best directors out there um, and there was a speech about um, we really updated it it was a, it was a sort of a, sort of restoration type play and we updated it and made it much more relevant and modern but it's really modern play anyway honestly and it's very feminist and there's this there was this speech at the top of the second act where I had to walk out on my own into the Olivier and say this speech about women's sort of power and on the first preview I heard a couple of women kind of go yeah and so I waited and it was a real gamble and then everyone joined in and there was a huge cheer wow. in the audience and I mean what it was it yeah. was like oh That's amazing. amazing and it was that these people related to this text that had been written you know hundreds yeah. of years before but yeah you don't you just never know whether that was no. yeah but what's, you let that moment happen that's, yeah. that's actually really brave to do that but you that might not happen if you hadn't just kind of embraced that moment that's right yeah you have to kind of yeah 
yeah, I guess you have to exactly embrace those scary moments and see, yeah. see, what's see what happens. happens. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's wicked. Yeah. I've never had that reaction to any of my stand up. It's still time. It's like, yeah, still it's time. kind of funny, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Jim. All right. Fair play. That'll do. <laughs> um, so, after, well, you've done lots of this work, but then you went on to do a show in America, is that right? I did, yeah. CBS. Yeah, I did. That was a sort of manifestation um, situation as well. I, I really needed some money. <laughs> yeah, 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 don't we all? No, <laughs> I've been working in theatre for like years, and uh, and I was a bit like, okay, this is great, but um, I, I I need to I need to make a little bit of money because I I don't really want to stay where I, I was living at the time, and and it wasn't going to change by the situation I was in. So I put myself on tape for something. Um, which is, you know, an actor's life these days. I had an yeah. amazing friend who helped me. And um, I sent it on a Monday. And on a Wednesday, I got a call saying, can you get on a plane to LA tomorrow? And I did. And I went out and I met the producers and the lead actor, a guy called Joel McHale, was for a multicam sitcom that was going to shoot in LA. And uh, did an audition with him on the Saturday. I flew back on the Monday and, and got the job like a few days later wow um that doesn't happen really and i and bear in mind i had been putting myself on tape for things in america for like 10 years prior to that so it wasn't the first thing did you have a feeling about it though i I had a feeling on a 11 hour flight and yeah (laughs) i mean i knew at that stage that it was down to me and one other person but certainly when i did the audition tape i felt like this is my ticket i've got to make this work so I threw everything into it, and then, um, but yes, I have to say I was surprised when they said, could you get on a plane tomorrow? Um, and I'd never particularly wanted to work in LA, if I'm honest. It, I love the theatre community here, and, and I love British comedy, that's sort of my, my thing. I'm not one of these people that loves watching, you know, um, I don't know, Star Wars or Game of Thrones, yeah. it's not really my vibe. Yeah. Um, even though I think, you know, it's great. Um, but yeah, I hadn't been one of those kids that had watched like Hollywood movies thinking, oh, that's what I want to do. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, it was an amazing experience. And then we did the shot, the pilot. And then again, this never happens. It got picked up for a series and I did 22 episodes out there and spent uh, 18 months out there doing, um, probably one of the most fun jobs I've ever done. Really. It was in front of a live studio audience every Wednesday night and we had five cameras um, we got to rehearse all week. I love rehearsing, mm. and with an amazing director who directed Seinfeld and some of the best, you know, American comedy shows. With a lovely cast, Stephen Fry played my dad again. That doesn't happen. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, and uh, and yeah, we got to rehearse and then do a live show. So I got that live so, yeah, audience yeah, 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 buzz. Yeah, up, yeah. yeah and yeah. then you'd have you know like there were thirty writers on this show, so they'd wow. run in and go change this joke. Okay, go again and action, and you'd do it with a different joke and see how that landed, and then and then you'd go okay, just tweak that, come in later, and then say that line a bit later. Boom. Okay, oh, we've got the laugh. Let's move. On. So how long would it take to shoot an episode then? Well, some nights it would take sort of like, you know, um, seven or eight hours Wow! for a 30-minute um, episode. But as we went on, it got quicker and quicker because yeah. you just become a well-oiled sure. machine yeah, and the yeah. writers start writing for you because they know what your strengths are. And, um, and so by the end, we were doing it in about four hours. And um, I mean, my, again, my mum came to most of them, um, flew out to LA. I mean, it's the most extraordinary atmosphere. They bus people in from 
like either from like other areas of America or people who've come on holiday to LA and want the oh, okay. LA experience. Yeah. So they bring them into CBS studios and they give them all a sandwich. I was going to say they give them like the sugar. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah sweet. Yeah. And then on. they have this hype man who is basically this like really, really loud, like, cool guys, we're here tonight to watch the great indoors. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, sorry if I burst your microphone. Um, and he uh, he hypes them up, and they they win prizes for who screams the loudest, and wow. and they yeah. like it's it's crazy, and they have to applaud, and and you know he's basically just keeping the energy up for sometimes eight or nine hours. Wow, um, like so, a warm up. Well, yeah, acid, yeah, exactly. But you get like that, that Fonz moment, don't you, when the Fonz walks into the room and hear the like, <laughs> right? Yeah, so yeah. you get that, don't you? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a totally different world. Um, and then yeah, we'd do a show on a Wednesday night, and on Thursday morning we'd read the next episode, and we did an episode start again and start again. Yeah, yeah. But it was so fun, and I, I, I really, I was, I was sad when that ended quite suddenly. So again, you see, you get these major highs, yes. and then these like it's so cutthroat as well, isn't it? Gut punching. Yeah. Well, that happens a few US shows, isn't it? They get, they do get cancelled very abruptly. Yeah. Abruptly sometimes, yeah. yeah. Even if they're really popular. Exactly. It yeah. doesn't really matter. Like we, yeah. we were very much told, like we'd had our wrap party, costumes had been bought for the next series. See you in August. Yeah. Bish, but here we go, guys. We're, we're here, and I'd signed a six-year contract. Oh wow! So yeah. So I thought, okay, I'm going to be in LA for a while. Yeah. You know, this will yeah. be my home for a while. So. And were you thinking other opportunities while you were out there as well? Yeah. Or were you thinking this is? I'm just going to do this and that's it. I was sort of thinking I'm just going to do this and that's it because okay. I was just having such a nice time. Um, and and it really did take up almost all of the year, so um, so that was kind of the plan. And then, yeah, by strange events, it ended up being cancelled very very suddenly. And um, and I think we all still meet up. Like we're all still mm. not really over it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the highs and lows are, are tough. And of course, the people that love you go go through that with you yeah, as well. Course, you know. Yeah, um, but I wouldn't change that experience for anything. Just just the wow of it all. Really being. What was LA like? Um, I think LA is great if you're working, and but being there as a jobbing actor, mm. in my opinion, is you got to have you got to be made of steel. Like yeah. it's it's brutal and you know sometimes you can be sent to five meetings in a day and you've got to learn 20 pages for you know one of them you've got you get sent them at nine o'clock at night the night before you're driving around LA in 40 degree heat to these massive studios trying to find where to park Mm. and which building you're supposed to be in and you're supposed to expect it to be looking like a supermodel at the same time in five inch heels and a full full on blow dry um, which isn't really me um, with this radio, but I'm in jeans and trainers, which is absolutely where I'm, where I'm happiest. Um, and and then you're often in rooms with people who don't really look at you, don't mm. shake your hand. They've said action before you've shut the door. Okay. I mean, it's it's not conducive to a good audition, for, in my opinion. Mm. Um, so people that can do that, I mean, massive, massive respect. Mm. Um, but it's not for me. It's just too... I, I don't know. I really like I like the pace of things here. It's mm. just a little bit slower and a little bit more um, human. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just so, not as brutal. The, the London sort of no. like, UK scene isn't as brutal. No, I think you're given a little bit more time. I think the actors' process is 
perhaps understood or pres- respected a little bit more. Yeah. You know, you're given a little, you know, at least a day or two to prepare uh, a meet for a meeting, and um, and they talk to you and ask you how you are and what you've been up to. And there's yeah. normally a yeah, sense yeah. of like we're too, we're a bit more equal. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, and that's uh, that means a lot to me because yeah. even if you don't get the job, at least you feel like, well, that was a nice experience. Yeah. I enjoyed meeting that person. Yeah. yeah. And again, again, it goes back to those connections. You never know who you might meet again. Might be the same casting director next time you go into something. Exactly right. And it's that teamwork again. It's like, well, you know, this was an audition that took. 30 seconds or whatever but we worked yeah. as a team maybe towards exactly. it exactly and they tend to direct you as well so you feel like you've worked um, whereas in LA it's, it's, it's often more about the whether you look right yeah. and and how many Twitter followers you've got <laughs> really is that <laughs> it is that actually it's really oh, yeah. Yeah. you could make it in Giles LA. I say oh, get I on a plane mate, get out get there out I'm booking the first <laughs> yeah <laughs> self tape on a Monday fly on a Wednesday it's like Craig Davis I'm not going to ask you to do the show Will because uh, <laughs> it'll take him two years yeah, yeah. three years later last get time. me to do it I've already tweaked it I'm quite tweaked it I've already booked your flight it's done so we actually have a TV show connection in the UK because I was on a TV show you were on Which as one? an extra Pete versus Love oh yes oh I love that job yeah, yeah. I was an extra do you remember Jim oh, absolutely <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah no I recognised you as soon as I walked in <laughs> the, um, <laughs> the one where Rave Spall's character is uh, managing a football team Mm. And so my mate was in it oh, Dave, my mate Dave Finn oh, yeah, was, was in it thing. he yeah, played yeah, he was in my Sunday league team good footballer as well shout out to Dave if he's listening excellent footballer very important um, and they needed extras who could play football so he was just said to our team do you guys want to do it they couldn't find me they're like oh Jim will do it he'll he'll wear shorts he'll be fine Um, and so we came in for the day and we just kicked the ball about basically in fact we couldn't kick it we had to roll it along the floor wasn't it really cold and like kissing it down I think it was oh okay it was it was freezing wasn't it I think I was under an umbrella but you probably weren't we were running around rolling the ball on the floor so he didn't have the noise so we're just like and then running in the background you couldn't kick the ball couldn't kick it we're just running in the background how disappointing while they're doing their shots but in between Rafe and some of the other actors, a guy called Joe Klosker, I think, yeah, one yeah, of the other actors, yeah. who I ended up playing football with, with he and his actor mates for about six months really? in North London. Yeah, yeah. Of all the really celebs. nice guy, really He's nice guy. Lovely, yeah. um, in between takes, we were like loads of all the lads were playing football, Rafe and all the other boys, and we were like, and he's a big Palace fan, by the way, and his dad, who is Rafe Spall, and his dad Tim, oh, yeah. Right. And so we, were doing, we were doing headers, we <laughs> Sorry, were doing headers, oh, and shouting yeah. random nineties Palace players, like heading the ball, going George Indah, <laughs> John Salako. Honestly, it was one of the fun things, <laughs> best things I ever did. It was so much fun, and I got paid under quid. There you go. What a day. What a day. Yeah, and then you ended fondness. up you see then you met someone that you ended up playing football with yeah, I met Joe yeah, yeah I played football for ages with him nice guy oh, yeah. you're both Palace fans okay, okay. yeah we are okay. indeed um, so was that a fun a fun gig it was show? it was great and again loads of really brilliant actors and actually that was quite a nice little company because we got to do two series and we were all in it quite a lot mm. so um, it, yeah I mean Rafe Spall's an amazing actor and they're uh, we, yeah, we had a brilliant director on that, and the two writers, Bert and George, were really great. They do the Windsors, which was um, oh, yeah. you know, oh, been nice. a big hit. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, it was, and that was probably one of my first TV jobs. Um, so yeah, I loved doing that. It's been very few jobs that I haven't really, really, really enjoyed. Um, but do you think that's down to you and the way you approach them, maybe? Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> it's it goes back to that positive energy kind of thing, doesn't it? If you go into each job kind of feeling yeah, positive. Yeah, I guess so. I do. I just feel very grateful, honestly, that I've been able to do this for as long as I have. 
and um and that's another reason that i really love going back and working at guildhall because you realize and remember how many people want to do this mm. as a job and you can lose sight of that i think if you're not in touch with that uh, kind of fairly regularly and um yeah we're just incredibly fortunate to make our living from it yeah. even though there are you know the highs and the lows like mm. we're talking about um but yeah i want to ask you about pressure because obviously you've come off the back of a very big show recently mm. and working with obviously Steve Coogan which by the way you're amazing in. yeah oh, thank you. You. you are fantastic it's brilliant everyone I speak to about this time um, I say oh, have you been watching you know, Adam Pumpkins? they're like Susanna Fielding's amazing uh, everyone yeah. honestly literally everyone well you're a good foil to him yeah. it works yeah. the, the combo yeah, it works. works you can yeah yeah. that's the thing it really works oh good thank you no thank no you. but I wondered if that was you know obviously with such a huge character as Alan Partridge is mm. how that felt like you know obviously you're going on set and you think oh it's Alan Partridge you know and it's such a big thing yeah, yeah. How, how was that a working scary. but also the pressure outside of that as well dead dead scary mm. like I did the first audition was a tape and I did it with my husband at home so that was sort of alright but I did also I was like I want I want did he do to the get voice? this yes he did the yeah. voice <laughs> 100% <laughs> he enjoyed it more than me um, you could not though <laughs> luckily yeah. he is a big Partridge fan oh, so yeah. he was like right would you, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. And he you did gotta it. get this role he sat next to me we did the whole sofa thing like yeah, amazing yeah uh, I cut him out of the shop but um, <laughs> sorry <Morgan>. um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so he did it with me and actually I kind of you did sort of need that for the audition really because it's yeah. all about timing comedy course, yeah, so yeah. if someone doesn't understand the timing of how this, a scene needs to work it makes it your job really difficult so I'm, I'm very fortunate that he was there and able to help me but the second audition wasn't they asked me to fly back from LA to London and meet Steve and do an hour and a half sort of improv audition with oh, him okay. and the two writers I was yeah. I was sat in patisserie Valerie around the corner like I, yeah. I, I, like literally shaking it was I was so nervous but what I did do is I booked my flight on on the premise that I would get the job and I booked my return flight for when I knew filming ended so there's a bit of manifesting Not as yet. well I mean it's <laughs> cocky yeah. as hell but yeah. no no I was just like I've got to uh, I've got to get this one yeah um so thank goodness I did um but yeah, I was really, really, really incredibly nervous because I knew it was going to be down to whether he and I kind of could work off each other. Of course, yeah. And you can't control that, really. Um, luckily, we did, and, and the writers were amazing as well, and it, and it all went well. And then, of course, there's another layer of pressure when the thing comes out. Mm, yeah. And um, we shot it about a year before it actually aired, so I had a whole year of kind of going, am I any good in it? Am I even in it? Do they edit me out? Is it just going to be my shoulder <laughs> and one lock of hair? Um, you know, and, and so, yeah, there's a, with a character like that that so many people just love and have a real kind of ownership over as well. Course, like, yeah, yeah. people that know, like, huge, you know, bits of text from each episode. And Did you go back and watch them again? I did, yeah. yeah. I watched a lot. I mean, I, I knew Alan Partridge yeah. and really loved, um, especially the I'm Alan Partridge stuff yeah. I really loved already. But, yeah, I went back and watched quite a lot of Know Me, Know You, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It all feeds in. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I had if you think I am going to be the one to fuck up Alan Partridge <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. of course I dreamt about yeah, a lot yeah, it's yeah. going to be me after 25 yeah. years it's going to be me where everyone goes what the fuck is she doing yeah. sorry now you no, said I can swear no, no you go for it that was fine. a big mistake <laughs> 
Um, yeah, uh, there was a lot of pressure, and I didn't really talk about it to many people because I just didn't want to sort of jinx it, or um, and I didn't know whether I'd be any good in it. You just don't until it, it's out there. So it's it's different. So when did that. you first yeah. see it then? I first saw it only about six weeks before okay. it aired when when there was a screening and um, I went along. I saw little clips in ADR, but yeah, not yeah, not, not a whole episode. And so I saw. I went along with my agent and uh, to a screening, and she seemed pleased. And I felt like, okay, okay, this okay, is going to be. All, all right. I think it might be all right. <laughs> and thankfully, other people think it's all right. Oh, well, <laughs> the reaction's been brilliant. Yeah, yeah. people yeah. love it, yeah. and especially as like you know. Steve Coogan has said in the past he only really takes on partridge projects that he really likes. I think he's yeah. got offered a lot in the past that he's, that he's turned down. Right. So he doesn't want to sort of run the character in the, into the ground. So I guess that's another thing, isn't it? He obviously was committed to this project as well. Yeah, I think he's um, he's very he's very clever and selective. I yeah. think about how much he does of certain things and and how long it runs for. And, and I think that's the secret to why people are still so hungry for it. I yeah, mean, I've never yeah, seen, yeah. I've certainly never been part of something for which there was so much excitement for something to air. Um, and the kind of the buzz around it was, was huge. So uh, yeah, he's, he's clever in that respect, but yeah, you, you really don't want to fuck that up. <laughs> yeah. What was your reaction like when you watched it with your agent then? Were you like, oh, thank God it's good? Yeah, I was, yeah. I was like, I was sat next to Steve and we were both just like, okay, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. okay it's good, it's good. Yeah. I mean, I guess he's as, as, as worried because it's his baby, isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I guess. To a certain extent. I guess so, yeah. He's, he and the writers both seemed quietly confident and, and, and they were right to be yeah. um, and, and they know they know what they're doing and they're so so good at crafting those moments um, and they don't stop until it's right so it, there's never a sense of like oh yeah I think that'll probably work like it will be rewritten and rewritten and redone and even reshot if necessary yeah. months later until it's right and, uh, and I think it's such a joy to work with people like that mm. that care that much yeah. And and that's why yeah, it's and they're trying to eat every nuance of comedy, yeah. exactly. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And that's that's always that's very much the opposite yeah. of how I do my comedy. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll do. That'll do. Yeah, that's about that's about right. That's right. The joke's kind of yeah. there. It's if I get yeah, people, it's a bonus. they'll know what I was trying to do. <laughs> you could yeah. say that's funny. Yeah, yeah. in inverted commas. <laughs> and then this is going to obviously be you know a very. A, Ridiculous question to ask someone that did a post from Pat Rap when they were younger. Um, but I'm, I'm guessing comedy has, has always been something there that, that you're good at and that you enjoy, and so it was always going to be something you were going to revel in, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. It was, it's always something I really enjoyed. I didn't really think I was funny, and I remember being asked in my drama school auditions, I mean, it's so embarrassing to say, one of the things they cut off and ask you is, so what do you think you need to improve in your acting? And I think I said something along the lines of, well, I'm quite good at tragedy, but I don't really know how to do comedy. And that was my answer. <laughs> I mean, how clueless was I? Um, but weirdly, I then, during drama school, got given lots of funny roles. And, and I, I remember thinking, you've lost, you're off your rocker. Um, but somehow I was encouraged to do it. And, mm. and I do think timing is something that people can sense or not sense and it is something that you may be born with or not yeah. I don't know it can certainly be you know honed but, yeah. uh, so I guess that was probably in there 
have you always been into comedy I mean yeah I mean I was like my my absolute favorite thing on a Sunday night when I was a kid was I was allowed to stay up to watch Last of the Summer Wine Uh (laughs) as long as I was in my pajamas and had my shirt ironed for Monday morning I mean I'm so you can can test people's age by who they remember the characters being compo would be in it yeah oh yeah oh god yeah yeah Cleggy yeah yeah Nora Nora Batty. Nora Batty, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah tights. Who yeah. was the other guy? Mm, the tall one. Yeah. Bloody hell. Oh, sorry. That's literally... Bloody hell is the, that, that's the lowest shit swear word you can say. I think bloody hell's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that one I felt really guilty about. I had a massive, like, guilt, guilt spasm. Well, it was. Oh, bloody hell. Yeah, bloody hell. <laughs> I can't remember who the I can't remember what the... T- Were you a last time of one fan? No, never really. No. I compo. I remember compo. You don't need to be it? really. I don't think no. it's something to be proud of. It was a very gentle of. thing, wasn't it? It was a. <laughs> it's very gentle. Yeah, yeah. I, kind of I just dad's army it. quality to it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. But as a child, I just yeah. loved all that stuff. I loved it all. Uh, thin red light, you know, thin, oh. thin, thin blue light. Thin blue light. We've got Brian Atkinson. Yeah, we've got yeah. yeah. Bottom. Yeah. Faulty Towers. Yeah. I always yeah. watch that on repeat, 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 repeat. I loved it. Um, so yeah all of that stuff I was really into which I suppose is quite weird when you're like seven yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of things that are like quite weird when about I was seven, me I used to like yeah. the Pink Panther films they oh, were like, right. oh I like the Pink Panther theme no the uh, films the, the, not the, the theme song. the theme tune yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't Henry Mancini then when it started I was like nah this is boring yeah it's fantastic Peter Sellers was just oh now I go back yeah, yeah it's, now it's you can appreciate genius. it absolutely but at the time but yeah I loved those as a child it's funny what you like isn't it when you're yeah, yeah, what you're drawn to. Weird stuff. Yeah. Think, oh, and and carry-on films. Did you like carry-on yeah, films? Like carry-on films are terrible. Mm, I'm learning well, a lot about you, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's all coming out it's now. Okay. Your taste what? is questionable. Yeah. Yeah. They just really like... I mean, one was on recently, I think, I watched and... This, the humour's terrible in it, really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not good. Well, they've survived, haven't they? Well, yeah. So maybe, people yeah. do yeah. like Somehow. them. Somehow. Yeah, kind of... It's nostalgia. British postcard. Smutty well, of. in a current time of, as uh, Mark Gator said, weaponized nostalgia in mm, this country. It's interesting what he was yeah, saying about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was really, really interested that that Elizabethans used to think it was a disease or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, yeah. 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 So can't wait. <laughs> Have I got a disease? <laughs> <laughs> the carry on. Film. Let's hope it's not Oxygen contagious. Disease. <laughs> <laughs> get a little tap, mate. Yeah, I will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There are worse. <laughs> I'd say don't worry about that one. <laughs> uh, stick with that one. So yeah. yeah, what was the question you asked? Oh, the comedy that. thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, I've I've been obsessed with British comedy for a long yeah. time, and I still am. It's still the thing that excites me most. Like yeah. when I discovered this country, um, oh, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I've, luckily I've, I've got a best mate who loves the same comedy as I do, and so I, I'll call her and go have you seen she's like this country I'm like yes oh my yes. god and we kind of like count down to when the next episode's coming out so yeah, um, people just do nothing's great as well. oh god it's good it's so I've good. been re-watching that as yeah, well yeah yeah so so good and Stathlet's Flats on Channel yes 4. I love that I've show I've seen that yet oh, brilliant it's good. Yeah, these well, I really people. enjoyed High and Dry which you were in yeah segue into yeah. Yeah. which were great yeah <laughs> um, you play an air stewardess I do I play yeah. a really really quite nasty air yeah. stewardess um, called what's her name Sandra yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. did it a while ago and I was really enjoyed being absolutely fucking horrible <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah high and dry was great Mark Wooden is a funny funny yeah man. yeah he is he yeah. is he's a bit of sort of uh, force of nature almost, yeah. isn't he yeah we did a play together a few years ago um, 
and yeah, he's a, he's an excellent, excellent actor and very funny too. Yeah. Mm. Well, um, Suzanne, it's been an absolute blast talking to you. <laughs> we uh, we normally round off the podcast by asking our guests just for them advice on sort of blank moments to mm. people listening. Um, what would your advice be? Blank moments. Breathe. <laughs> yeah. Breathe would be my advice. That's what that's what I always try and do when I'm. Yeah, because there's lots of different types of blank moments, yeah. aren't there? There's there's forgetting your lines. There's feeling like you've hit a brick wall and you don't know what to do next. Um, yeah, sometimes it's just about surrendering, isn't it, to the moment? Mm-hmm. I think surrendering, getting outside, it's always good. Getting in touch with the fact that we're just small little ants, really, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. <laughs> so that whatever pressure you're feeling at that particular point probably isn't as huge as as it can feel in that particular moment. Um, but yeah, feeling your feet on the floor. I'm telling. I'm saying this and telling myself at the same time. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. We've, it's important to that. tell yourself that mm. a lot, haven't it? How that we often don't listen to ourselves enough. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. We build up all these like this sort of you know acidity of angst in our heads mm. yeah. don't actually listen to our own advice we, we happily tell other people that yeah it's very easy to brilliant get out. at that yeah. Yeah. the other day I was telling my son was anxious about something and I was sort of taking him through what he was anxious about and saying you know you know and trying to help him mm. and I was, I, was, I was saying it to him I was thinking oh, this is exactly the sort of thing I should be telling myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah. Anyway, it's, it's hard to do, isn't it? I do. I'm sort of trying to start meditating, and I think that's probably quite good for getting rid of all the voices and yeah. and li- learning to listen to your gut a bit more. Um, which is yeah, what we all kind of probably need to yeah. do a bit more of. And we live in such an insanely busy, yeah. chaotic, pressurized, hectic society. Like, I often think like you know 50 years ago maybe I'm being nostalgic now but (laughs) people would come home after a day's work and they would probably have a whole evening of not watching a screen they'd Mm. be at home they'd eat at home and they'd have a whole evening to process the day and yeah there'd be lots of more menial tasks to do that are now done for machines by us but we don't give ourselves the time to process what's happening in our lives very often because we're just next thing next thing social engagement Mm. work flying here meeting there and I think that may be something to do with why anxiety is such a such a huge issue for so many people. Mm, yeah. um, it's that we don't give ourselves the time to just think, hmm, what happened today? What do I feel about that? Um, and think think things through. And um, those quiet times at home. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I, I never do that. I'm always, <laughs> no. always on a screen. Right. I'm yeah. Quite often on three screens at once: TV, laptop, phone. Yeah. Yep. Not concentrating on any of them. No, and you're not alone. I'm not processing. Mm. No. Well, I put happened. a tweet out the other day saying, "Where is everyone going today to look at their phones?" <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> like yeah. Have, have a nice day yeah. in the middle of like the beautiful, like uh, South Downs or something. While yeah. You're looking at your phone. Yeah, that's true. I but you know, we we do, don't we? That's I true. hope that it will change. That we've sort of been given these amazing gifts of technology, but we haven't worked out how to manage them yet. Yeah. And that in five or six years' time, us and our children and we'll all kind of have better mechanisms for preventing that from taking over our lives but um, yeah that's my that's my wish yeah same <laughs> yeah. otherwise we're all going to completely lose our minds yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll reconvene in 10 years time and see, right. yeah, yeah. see if any of us have changed our habits yeah. at all yeah we'll do a we'll be doing in. it over Skype or something yeah exactly. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no well that's the other thing it's going to end up like Wally, isn't it yeah, do you remember that film yeah, where we're yeah, all going around yeah, in yeah. those 
We're yeah. eating fast food in those yeah. little individual cars and not seeing or speaking to yeah. anyone. Yeah. Please let it not go. But like actually, that. funny enough, yeah. um, going back to acting, I have heard a lot of actor friends say recently that they're doing less face to face castings. Yeah. It's more like just sending a video. Yeah, it's, lots of self tapes. Yeah. But then I think theatre is kind of thriving actually in in lots of ways so we do have this desire for human connection and we do have this desire Mm. for like live connection not on a screen as well so I hope that that will prevail and that people yeah people do there's something different about talking on the phone or a screen isn't there to actually meeting someone face to face and and the feeling that's there between you and I think that's what people love about watching theatre there's a feeling in the space that you're sharing and you don't get that at home watching Netflix well, that's what, kind of why we, you know, I wanted to start this podcast. Well, we started this podcast, wasn't it? So actually, yeah. we could actually beat people, right? Yeah. And talk to them face to face, yeah, yeah, and have a proper connection because you know we do. We just it's just too too easy to yeah to just tweet and text tweet and, and WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good. Well, Susanna Fielding, thank you so much for joining us yeah. on the Blank Podcast. You. Thank you so much. Thanks. Susanna Fielding on the Blank Podcast. What about that, Jim? Yeah, that was brilliant. We could have sat there for hours and chatted to her. It was such an easy conversation. It uh, it just it flowed nicely. Such such a nice, warm, engaging person. Could have easily sat there for hours with a coffee and, and chatting. So yeah, re- really, really great podcast. And just so many nice moments in there. As I said before, she got a bit emotional at one point talking about uh, growing up. And it was such a nice, honest moment as well. And she wasn't like, oh, can you stop recording or anything? She was just like, well, you know, this is me being a bit vulnerable and emotional and then sort of carried on with it. And it was just, I don't know, that's kind of, you know, almost what our podcast is about, really, those kind of honest moments. And it, and it was really nice. So, yeah, such such a lovely person. Really enjoyed her company. And um, thank you so much to Susanna for Yeah, it was really time. great. It was really lovely to sit down. Like you say, we could have sat for hours and hours. We did talk, actually, for quite a while after we stopped recording. And um, they sort of the time was flying by. And, yeah, we could have sat there all afternoon, really. And I, I, I hope... We both get the opportunity to sit down with Susanna again at some point and, uh, you know, pick up where we left off. But, yeah, really great person. Wonderful energy. We knew, sort of knew that as soon as we came in the, in the room that, you know, you can just tell with people sometimes. And actually, we've been very lucky with all our guests have been really wonderful. But, yeah, it was a really, really uh, – it was a treat. It was a real treat. That's a nice way of putting it. It really was. A treat. And they, all, all these episodes are, they all feel like treats that we get to share this time with this, these lovely people and, and hear their great stories. And uh, yeah, it's a, a treat. It's such a good way of, of putting it. And speaking of which, I mean, we've been treated to some lovely comments, haven't we, from listeners. Certainly over our little Easter break, we seem to be getting loads of comments every day, certainly on Twitter at the moment. Can, can I read one out to you? Please do, Jim. Yeah, yeah we have. You're right. There's been, uh, we've been sort of, in, not inundated as such, but yeah, there's been a real um, plethora of um, messages coming through. And it's been so lovely and uh, um, it gives you a warm feeling inside that people are listening and getting so much out of the pod. But please, yeah, go, go for it, Jim. Uh, okay, so this one comes from Catherine Jacob. And she says, great podcast alert. Um, Giles Paley Phillips talks to lots of creative people, well-known people about these moments where our minds go blank. 
Uh, plus lots of other insights too. Check out Blankfold, a really interesting listen. That's lovely. That's such a nice comment. And it's so nice that, that Catherine um, sent us that and she clearly really connects to the pod, which is which is exactly what yeah, we want. Absolutely, yeah. We, yeah, I mean, I've, I've got something I'd like to read out as well, actually. I've got one from Helen Wilding, which says, uh, love listening to Blank Pod, um, episode with Mark Gatiss today. As a creative person Ooh. whose career depends on creating new ideas, I always find it wonderful to hear people I admire talk about the creative process so candidly. Very reassuring and inspiring. Um, thanks, Jim and Giles. So that's really great. Um, you know, that, that, that podcast really resonated with her. Uh, it was a great chat with Mark. Yeah, and that's exactly kind of what we wanted, wasn't it, when we set out, that it, that we might get these insights into people's creative process and that it might resonate with people. And it's just it's great to hear that that's exactly what's happening. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and, and please, please do keep these messages coming because uh, we will try and read out as many as we can. Obviously, we can't read out everybody's, but we will try as far as we would like to to read these out because it's so lovely to hear from you. Yeah, well, I can guarantee that we definitely read them all. We definitely, we definitely read all and the messages. I do, and I know you and do too, try to reply to people as well. So we will try, even if it's just a little heart and a kiss, you will get a reply from us. So please do keep them coming. So you can tweet us. Uh, the Twitter handle, Giles, is? At BlankPod. It is indeed. And also, if you're on Instagram or Facebook, you can also get in contact. The handles on that are, well, they're the, they're the exact same. Yeah. They're the same. Yeah, and if you want to email us, um, you know, a bit of a longer chat or whatever, or just say hello, uh, our email address is hello at theblankpodcast.com. Lovely stuff. Uh, And I think that's a nice place to end the pod this week. So thank you very much for your support. Uh, We're delighted to be back after a break. We've got some great guests coming up in the next few weeks. Oh, sorry, Jim. I've just realised that um, as well as being nominated for – we actually nominated – um, for best arts and culture in the British Podcast Award, I have neglected to remind people that they can actually vote for us. Oh yeah, in the People's Choice or Listeners' Choice Award, which is sort of open to all podcasts. But we would love you to vote for us if you are so willing um, and you've enjoyed what you've listened to. Um, yeah. I'll just give you quickly give you the details. You can head over. Um, it's to the British Podcast Awards.com and it's backslash vote. And then you just type in blank with Jim Daly and Giles Brady Phillips, and then you can vote. And it's as easy as that. And um, obviously, the winner is announced on the um, awards ceremony on May the 18th. So please do vote if you've enjoyed the podcast. It would be lovely um, to be up for that. I mean, obviously, there are some huge podcasts um, names attached to that award so if we could get you know just a few votes it would be lovely it would be yeah we'd really appreciate anyone voting for us and we do appreciate all the comments and and even people just listening you know even if you're just a listener uh and you just want to listen and and not send us a tweet or vote or anything that's fine we appreciate your listen as well so uh yeah what a what a great first pod back it is very nice to be back and many more to come. Indeed. So there'll be another blank pod with you next Wednesday. Keep an eye out for that. In the meantime, enjoy your week and we'll see you again soon. Goodbye. something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.